Testament. Good afternoon, Grace Gospel Church. I'm here, Pastor Troy Sergi, along with special guest. Uh, well, I guess not so special anymore since he's been on the past seven, but we're here with uh, Grace Gospel Church board member, Jeff Price. How are we doing today, Jeff? We're doing wonderful, uh, Pastor Troy. It's uh, good to be back. It's been a couple of weeks since we've done our last church in Philadelphia. It's, it's hard to outdo Philadelphia, you know? Yeah, uh, definitely. It, probably the best of the churches. Unfortunately, today, we are probably going to talk about the worst of the churches. Yeah, absolutely. And that is going to be the Church of Laodicea. And Laodicea at the end here in Revelation chapter 3. Am I right there? Yes. Um, and uh, we verse have 14. a la- verse 14. So, Jeff, how about we start reading that passage so our audience knows. Uh, could you start with Revelation chapter yeah. 3, verse 14, and then we can we can go from there. Be happy to. All right. So if you have your Bibles with you, uh, Revelation chapter three, verse we'll start in verse 14 to the angel of the church in Laodicea, write the amen, the faithful and the true witness, the beginning of the creation of God says this. Now, it's the introduction of Jesus and attributes, characteristics. I know your deeds that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish that you were cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. Because you say I am rich and have become wealthy and have need of nothing, and you do not know that you are wretched and wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked, I advise you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may become rich and white garments so that you may clothe yourself, yourself and that the shame of your nakedness will not be revealed. And I salve to anoint your eyes so that you may see. Those whom I love, I reprove and discipline. Therefore, be zealous and repent. Behold, it's one of the greatest verses in the Bible. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and I will dine with him and he with me. He who overcomes, I will grant to him to sit down with me on the throne as I have also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Excellent passage. Excellent passage. And I think there's so many things there. Um, go back to, is it verse, verse 18 there with, um, how does he refer to the one who endures, right? Is that is that the what what the, what your text said there? The one who endures is that what, how he is referred uh, to? Those who I love, uh, let's see. That sits down. The old father, sorry. Um, oh, he verse twenty. He who overcomes, I will grant to sit. Who overcomes? That, okay. Yes, he who overcomes. overcomes. And I think that. That plays a lot into, you know, everything that's going on in the world. You know, of course, we know the steps of the our end times is rapture first, tribulation, and then, of course, millennial kingdom. And I think the one who overcomes, the one who overcomes the world, right? And we know that yes. Jesus was the one ultimately who overcame the world. And we as his followers are called to be like him in that, in that, in every sense. And that's a beautiful picture there of, I, I just love that phrase, the one who overcomes, because this is the one who we are called to be. We are called to be overcomers in our faith. Yeah. And um, I just love that language there because I think within, uh, let's just say, a Laodicean culture and the Laodicean church age, um, there's going to be a lot of people who don't 
overcome. And um, Jeff, maybe for a little bit, can you touch on, you know, why will there be those who don't overcome um, in this church here? But it, we can we can get into that. We will uh, talk a little bit more in detail about that. But yeah, it's it was a the Laodicean culture was very much like our culture that we would see today. They they were rich. They were extremely rich. They were at the crossroads um, of uh, of trade routes from the east, the Middle East to um, into Ephesus, and then north as you would go around the peninsula and into Greece. So. Uh, this was actually the political center of uh, this area, as well as the economic center of this area. They were the banking center, if you will. Um, in fact, uh, this, this Laodicean culture was so rich that in AD 17, they experienced a traumatic air earthquake in the entire region. And, and Rome um, rebuilt and offered the cities in that region um, uh, money to help them to rebuild. And, and they said, no, no, thanks. We don't need your money, Rome. We, we've got around and we'll take care of it. So uh, don't worry about us. Uh, that's, that's the society. They would have been the society uh, in modern times of the of, uh, huge shopping malls and cars. You know, that it, you, you think you drive down the interstate and you see these big car lots and all of those things. And so this was that. Um, that this was that area, yes. Yes, wow. And I think, um, let's touch maybe a little bit about that name, Laodicea. Do we have the, the Greek or the, the, the language there where that word derives from? Yeah, actually, we, the, the, the word actually that cities named after Aristarchus, Epiph, Aristarchus Epiphanes' wife. And this, not only was she, um, her this yeah Aristarchus is that am I saying that Aristarchus is that is that what yeah. you're saying yeah yeah that that sounds Epiphanes, right Epiphanes um who he was the tormentor of the Jews uh, uh later on in in uh in his life but not only was this uh was this guy Aristarchus Antiochus I'm sorry I, there it is Antiochus Epiphanes was um, actually the Laodicea was her, his sister, okay. uh, his young, his older sister, and uh, she had married his, uh, his brother, and then of course he died, and and, and Antiochus Epiphanes uh, became uh, came to the throne, actually married his sister. Um, she was a very evil uh, woman. Uh, in her own right, but of course, Antiochus Epiphanes uh, tormented the Jews, uh, went in, built an altar of Zeus uh, in the temple, and actually sacrificed uh, pigs and everything. I mean, obviously, other things there. So that's where the that's who the city was named after. Uh, the city's name actually means justice or verdict. Uh, it would be that justice or or the verdict has already been made. The the, the the, the scales have already been weighed and the people's minds have already been made, uh, made. and, and they, uh, in this case, I, I think it's, a, it's, it's pointing to the fact that these Christians in this church have made up their minds that they really don't need Christ. Right, right, absolutely. They, they call themselves Christians. They want to go to church. They want to have all of the things about Christianity, but they really don't 
need a relationship with Jesus Christ. Right, right, right. And I think um, that's just a sad thing. But I think ones that have made up their mind already, I think as a great way to describe that word and, and these people, because really, you know, they've, they've chose the religion, but they haven't chose the relationship. And we know that our faith is so much deeper than just Sunday mornings or so much deeper than singing a song. You know, it's about heart transformation through the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. And unfortunately, this church fails to see that, that we need Christ to be the mediator that reconciles right. us back to God. And I think that's, that's our hope. And if you lose our hope, you know, might as well just call, call our faith a country club, right? And it doesn't yeah. really mean anything more than that. It, I think that's a great description, Pastor, of this. Uh, they wanted to belong to the country club. They wanted a social society. Mm -hmm. um, you think of um, the mega churches, uh, yeah. and, and I'm going to pick on uh, Rick Warren's uh, church out in Saddleback. He's very famous for going in and building that that church and that community. But what he did is he went in and he surveyed the community as to what kind of church that you wanted. And then he built that type of, he built that church for, for the community. And I think that that's, that's really, I mean, I don't know, I, I'm not judging uh, Pastor Warren, you know, his, uh, you know, whether or not he loves Jesus or, or, you know, I believe he's probably a Christian, but I think he's, that's very representative of what we've done. Yes. in all of our Western churches yeah. is, and, and I, you know, when I preached on this, I think people, some people probably became offended because um, maybe I didn't do a very good job. I, I said the Western church, uh, all Western churches uh, are, in, are really Laodicea. And I, and I even included Grace Gospel Church. And I still believe that, but that doesn't mean all the people that are in or any of the people that are in our church are Laodiceans. Right. It just simply means that we have acquiesced to the world. We have, right. we, we, I mean, if, okay, so people stop going to Sunday night service. And so we just said, okay, we're not going to have Sunday night service anymore. We, we, you know, we didn't have, people don't go to Wednesday night prayer meeting. So we're not, we're not going to have Wednesday night prayer meeting anymore. Um, you know, <sighs> We've, we've dipped our, our toes in the water and said, well, I guess what, what do we, you know, is that okay? Are we going to do that or, or are we not? And, and people, their attitude about church is, well, you know, am I going to, are you coming to church on Sunday? Well, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I will. Maybe I won't. Right. Uh, let's depend. Let's see what's on my social calendar. Let's see what's on my kid's calendar. Uh, let's see what's on other things that I might have to do and I'll see if I can fit church in. Right. Right. And I think the sad part is for church for a lot of Americans is on towards the bottom of the priority list. Yeah. And maybe, maybe not towards the bottom in some cases, but not first in some right. cases. And um, unfortunately, yeah, that is the Western church. And I think the Western church falls into that, even if you have the right doctrine, because I mean, we right. have, we have elements of Philadelphia in our church. We have, um, I think, I think our church, a, a lot of Philadelphia Christians, I think, I, I mean, virtually everyone, mm -hmm. uh, I would, I would, I would say suggest is, but that doesn't mean our church hasn't been impacted right. by the world. And we've allowed our church services to be impacted by the world. Right. right. As a Absolutely. Church. 
Yeah, and we can't be influenced by the world. You know, I think Pastor Trent talked about this a little bit in, in Sunday school this past Sunday for those that were, were there of the worldliness element and, and how the early church, you know, third, fourth century had to balance that of being in the world, but not of the world. And we, we've had a podcast on that, but it, it was interesting to see how, you know, you can be in the world. You can do things outside of the church. You can have a job outside of the church. There's, there's so many elements that, that the, the Christian can do in the world, but worldliness is an attitude. And I think that's a really important thing to distinguish is that worldliness is an attitude. Worldliness right. is a way, uh, it's a doctrine, it's a, it's a lifestyle. So I think it, it's, it sometimes can be mistaken throughout church history that we have to um, be, um, of course, uh, a part of the world or, you know, live in the forest for the remaining of our years. And I don't, I don't necessarily think that's what God wants for us to, you know, totally depart from the world, but instead the worldliness attitude, I think he wants to get rid of. Yeah. And I agree. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, this, as we've talked, this is a church of convenience and, and one mm -hmm. might wonder, am I a Laodicean Christian? And I think yeah. uh, right here is a good test. Verse 19, those whom I love, I, I discipline. Those whom I love, I rebuke. Those whom yes. I love, I'm coming after. Um, when's the, here, here's a good, here's a good, I think, uh, example. When's the last time that you were convicted of, of doing something that you should not have been doing or not right. doing something that you should be doing? Right. And, and if you find that you have those things, those are actually, those, that's, that's Jesus disciplining you. It's the Holy Spirit speaking to you, saying you right. ought to be doing this or you ought not be doing that. Right. And I think right. that those are those are probably uh, that that's one of the not not the factor, but a factor in in deciding whether or not you're a Laodicean Christian. If you're not getting that in your life, God's given you over. Right, right, right. And I think that conviction shows a lot because, of course, we know all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, right? That sinful nature, right. even in the strongest Christians, even in the strongest pastors and, and lay leaders and board members, we all have those things in our lives that, that we regret doing. But it's the, yeah. it's the actual remorse. It's the regret. It's the, it's the actual conviction of wanting to change and letting the Lord Jesus change, you know, our, yeah. our hearts, our actions, our convictions versus the one who literally has zero zilch, no conviction whatsoever. And, and I think that is a good, a good test there because yeah, I know very godly people who have, you know, struggles with or um, have, you know, had tremendous moral failures, but the conviction, the heart, the tears, right. That follow that. Yeah. That's the difference. You know, we can move on and talk a little bit more about, you know, there are no commendations for this church. Mm -hmm. Pastor D, I don't know if you, if we read through that passage, every other, all the other six churches have a commendation. That is, here, here's what I love. I, here's the things you're yeah. doing well. Right. There are no things that this church is doing well. Okay. Right. right. And but I there's think, some things I, that, that they aren't doing right. uh, very well. And, and, and it's really focused on the three things that they were famous for. They, they were famous for textiles. Um, they they had uh, they raised uh, uh, sheep mostly in the area, and the wool that they had was a special kind of wool, and they had and it was known throughout that region 
And so that was one of the things. The other thing we already mentioned, they were in the banking center. So they were very rich in that. And, and they were in the medicine. Um, and particularly, they had a, a uh, ISAB, a mineral there for ISAB that was known throughout the, the uh, Roman world. And, and so those are the three things that Jesus actually says. Hey, you look, um, you think you're rich. You get all this banking. Hmm. You're poor. You, you, uh, you think you, uh, have these textiles, you, you don't have any clothes on yeah. or you don't have the right clothes on. Right. Um, you're naked, you're poor, you're blind, you're naked. And, and you think you have ISAB and he talks about the, you know, the spiritual blindness. And that's really what you're talking about is that they were spiritually blind. Um, they didn't have the right clothes on. And, and they aren't looking, you, you, we are anointed by the Holy Spirit. We have the Holy Spirit living within us. We are clothed in the righteousness of Christ. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what Paul talks about. I think when, when he says in uh, Romans five, I think since you've been justified by his blood, we have peace with God, that clothing of righteousness being put over us. And um, that that's the mark of a true Christian. And one who is not justified is not saved. One who is not justified is walking in the ways of the world, um, is cold, right? And I think that's the danger of, and, and the scary part about this church is neither hot nor cold. And right. what will he do to that one who is neither hot nor cold? Spit out of his mouth. Um, so, yeah, that is the Western yeah. church today. That is it, Jeff. Yes. Well, the Philadelphia, this is a contrast. And I think we're talking, we're going to talk about uh, in, and Bible study tomorrow night, we're going to talk about the open door in, mm-hmm. in Revelation chapter four, the open yeah. door, the closed door, and then the open door in chapter four. I think we're all talking about this in, in chapter three and chapter four. It's the same door. The Philadelphians had an open door. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. were on their road. They were on their way to heaven. Those by majority of those people in that age of the church and that in that style of church um are are they're going in the rapture right. and um and this church is not this church the door has been closed and and understand that that jesus is not going to knock that door down now he is still there he's wanting he's 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 wanting them he's knocking on the door he's he's saying look let me in, let me in. I would really like to come in and I would dine with you. I would, I would have that. And is you're talking about that relaxing dinner. We, we probably don't have time to really go into that, but it's not just a having meal, but, but sit down and I will have a relationship uh, with you. Um, But these, this church has closed the door and, and uh, that door being closed is permanent. It is, it is, and the only way it's going to be open is if you open, if we, we as in this age that we're living in, we have to open that door. Right. Jesus is not. The, and, and you look around, uh, I mean, I think that, that uh, certainly there are Protestant churches that are growing, but not in the United States, not yeah. in the Western world. Actually, church attendance in the United States, and this is all these stats, um, uh, they're down below 50% of the people, even in the United States, who, who, who would claim to be Christians. And most of those pastors don't even attend church regularly. No. Wow. 
Wow. Uh, but that doesn't mean the church isn't growing. The church is growing, and you know very well it's growing in the Middle East. It's growing in yeah. Asia. It's growing in, in, in parts of Africa. It's really growing where there's persecution. Right. And that growth and persecution, I think, shows the test of that we all have to look ourselves in the mirror of saying, hey, are we going to let little minor things in our society or culture beat us down to the ground? Are we going to be firm in them and let let the rough, rough and tough parts of our society and culture actually strengthen our faith? Because I think if we can look on the news and we see all the chaos in the Middle East, if we look at the out of control morality of our, you, you know, even domestic home, of, you know, here in the States, uh, that should bring us to our knees and saying, you know, the world doesn't want to follow you, Lord, but I do. And I think there's an opportunity in the midst of sin, opportunity in the midst of pain and hard, heartache. And uh, there's just so much that we can learn from persecution. And uh, the strongest churches in the world right now, Jeff, are those ones who are being persecuted right now. Yes. Yeah. Please understand, and for our listeners, Pastor, I know you, you know this well, that this is the last church that each of the seven churches represents an age. And this, this age started, I think, somewhere around uh, 1950, uh, middle of the 20th century, and it carries on into today. Some people might go back to the, the World War I in the 1920s, some back to the early 1900s. But regardless, we are in the Laodicean period. Yes. And if you're part of that Laodicean uh, church, you're, you're, you're not going in the rapture. You're, yeah. You have to you, you have to listen to the knock on the door and you have to let Jesus Christ into your life. If you don't, you're going to be thrust into the tribulation period. Um, and, and if you're if you know we we're studying the revelation period on, on Wednesday nights and uh, going through that, well, as I said, tomorrow night, actually, by the time you get this up, it probably will be past Wednesday. But but uh, we're, if anyone wants to join us on Wednesday nights, you can see uh, what that period is like. And it is not going to be an easy time for any Christian. Right. And, and in fact, most Christians uh, during that time period will probably end up martyred. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's so, a scary reality. It's easy to trust in Jesus today. All you have to do is uh, repent, uh, have a, a true repentance. Uh, uh, you you got to say, hey, I want to change my ways. I, I can't do that on my own. I, I'm in need of a Savior. And, and uh, call out to Jesus and ask him to, to uh, come into your life to make changes and then uh, get into a good church. And, and we'd love to have you at Grace Gospel Church. And and get into uh, a good Bible-believing church and um, get among God's people and begin to grow and understand who Jesus Christ is. He's a, absolutely. He's a and wonderful, if I, if I had, wonderful person. Yeah, absolutely. And if I had a verse, too, that to go along with that is um, in Hebrews, uh, Hebrews chapter 12, the author and perfecter of our faith. Uh, the author of our faith, uh, we know that he has always existed. We also know that he was the one that paid the atoning sacrifice for our sins. The author of our faith, the perfecter, the provision, the what he accomplished on the cross. Our faith brings us into a beautiful, perfect relationship with God, the author and perfecter of our faith. And I think that's just a beautiful description of who Jesus Christ is, is, Jeff. And um, 
if I had to close on a verse, that would be, that would be the one I would close with is Hebrews chapter 12, that description of who Jesus Christ is. And I'm going to close with just the fact that uh, where kind of we started and, and we talk about overcomers and you want to dine with Jesus at his banquet table. Um, he wants, he's going to have a marriage supper. It's going to be the most wonderful marriage you've ever been to. Yeah. And we're going to be the bride. We're adorned in his clothes. His righteousness will be adorned in white, uh, more radiant than any bride has ever been. And we will, in fact, uh, enter into a relationship with Jesus Christ. Um, we will be called children of the Most High God because we will be, in fact, the bride in, uh, of his son, Jesus. And, and so it almost we, brings you to tears, doesn't it? We will, be, graft, we will yeah. be grafted in, and it will be a wonderful, wonderful time that we're going to have during the tribulation period, uh, eating at God's table um, while the world is spinning out of control under the under uh, under the control of, of Satan himself. So, mm -hmm. yes, yes, Jeff, I, I love that. I love that. Well. If there's not anything else, um, just thank you to our church family who's been able to to listen to all of this. Um, we thank you. And uh, yeah, Revelation is so deep into this. And if you would like to, of course, um, join us for more and more in-depth studies uh, Wednesday nights at 730. Uh, Jeff yeah. will have a Zoom link and we can look more at the depths of our culture and society and scripture to see um, God's appointed time. So. Right. Jeff, I will close us in prayer, but uh, thank you again for great. all the wisdom and, and insight you have there. So, Father, we're so thankful for uh, your word, that we can grow and learn from it. And, and ultimately, that all scripture points to your son, the Lord Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, the radiance of the glory of God, Father. And we're just so thankful to know Jesus Christ as our Savior, to know him as uh, ultimately the groom, as we are the bride. And uh, again, we just pray for our church family. We pray for uh, just peace around the world, especially in the Ukraine and, and Russia situation. Father, give the believers their strength, but also I pray for those who do not know you in that land, that they come to the saving knowledge of your son, the Lord Jesus. And again, we're thankful for our church family and the commitment that we have toward God's word. We pray that we can be a light in our communities. We thank you and we praise you on your son's holy name. Amen. Amen. God bless, you, and I uh, hope uh, our listeners were blessed. I was certainly blessed. Uh, God does promise a blessing to those who uh, yes. who read and study the book of Revelation. It's been truly a blessing. Pastor, you're wonderful. I, I, I'd love to do these podcasts with you, and maybe we can do some things in the future. Yes, we sure will, Jeff. Well, thank you so much for, for being our special guest the past seven episodes. All right. Take care. Yes, take care.